My name is Jenna, and I love to dance. I'm Naki, and I love the Harry Potter series. My name's Karen, and I love the Pacific Northwest. I'm Stephanie, and I love that my company has a diversity and inclusion team. Welcome to the Working Folk Podcast, where we talk about work, life, and everything in between. What are we talking about today, girls? Should we mention that we have Naki on the show? <laughs> I mean, should we? <laughs> should we mention that we have someone who's um, guest? Yeah, hosting. Like guest hosting? Host. Is that what it is? Guest mm-hmm. hosting? Guests. Guest guest co-host? Yeah. Substitute co-host? What would potential? Be if there's four? A quad host? I think it's still just co-host. There's just four of them. I don't think co is a number related <laughs> word. Okay. <laughs> I, I believe you. You're the lit major. Uh, yeah, that's I know all the words. <laughs> just got all the words. Just can't yeah. remember them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> like thing. that word. <laughs> it has letters uh, in it. <laughs> well, we know who listens to this podcast. <laughs> now we know why she's here. So yeah, so yeah, Jean wasn't able to make it. And um, everybody loved Naki so much after her interview last week that we were like, hey, Naki, come record with us. We actually just didn't let her leave the pod shed. <laughs> She's been locked in my pod shed for an entire week. So if somebody could send some help. She's, she's eating Lady Gaga Oreos and drinking beers out of my refrigerator. And that's it. That's all you need. Yeah, Who do I speak to about restocking my supply here? Let it be me. The queen. Queen Karen. I'm queen not the Karen. queen. <laughs> you guys. Yes, queen. I don't like being in charge. <laughs> but do you like when other people are in charge? I don't like that either. I just think go. everybody just do your own thing. <laughs> that works really well, right? Especially with this group. In that we're, case, we're like a bunch of cats. Like <laughs> someone's gotta hurt us. What are you talking about? I don't start things and not finish them. What? Like a doodle pole. <laughs> <laughs> hey Steph, are we recording like today? <laughs> Is that on your radar at all? No. <laughs> it's fine. I'm here. We. It's fine. We are. We're here. And we have Naki. And there you go. That's her intro. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> She's so cute. She's scared right now, honestly. Yeah, we have her kind of trapped. Mm-hmm. It's fine. As if I haven't been trapped the whole last week. That's so. true. That's true. Now you're just trapped with extra bodies. <laughs> What are we talking about? Advocacy. Advocacy. What the hell is that? What does that mean? I don't know. Okay. I think we do it. Thanks for listening. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to you guys next week when we pick another topic we don't know anything about. Also, please still send help. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but seriously, what is it? (laughs) What does it mean? What do you mean when you say advocacy? Well, I would like to ask, are we talking about advocacy for ourselves or for other people or both? All all of the above. I would say all of it. Okay. I, I feel like I have some responsibility because I think this was a topic I put on the list. Um, so I'll start, even if I have no idea what I'm talking about. But it has much to do with advocating for yourself and much to do with the fact that all of us in this room are female uh, and the workplace for females has not always been the same as it is for males. I still don't think it is in all places. (laughs) I think there's a lot of places that are working on it and it is slowly getting better, maybe. But um, the story, and I apologize, I really should have re-reviewed this before I brought it up, but um, the story comes from either Michelle Obama or Valerie Jarrett. (laughs) Pretty sure it's Valerie. And it was just in regard to her speaking up for herself in the workplace when with her children. she It was Valerie, because she's a single mom. It was Valerie. Her kids were home. They needed her. She They called her at work. They didn't need her for anything, like, 
emergent, nothing pressing. Sure. Um, They called her at work. The secretary knew it was like Valerie's policy. She spoke up for herself and she said, if my children ever call, I don't care who I'm talking to, you interrupt me. And her kid got on the phone. She got on the phone with her kid. She made the whole like conference room of people wait. She didn't even leave the room. She just turned her back to them and like talked on the phone with her kid who just wanted to tell her a story about something that they had just done. And I just was mind boggled that that was something that she was able to speak for herself and get done. Like what a badass bitch. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But that like she pre spoke it. She knew it was going to be, no, that's not even true. There's more to the story. There's more to the story because the first time it happened, she didn't speak up about it and she was stressed about it. And she had a boss that could see the stress and was like, Valerie, what's going on? And she was like, I got a phone call from my kid and I don't know what's going on. And I just am worried about him. And they were like, tell me, get on the phone, call your kid. And then that gave her the confidence next time to advocate for herself. That's what the story was. Yeah. Damn it. See, I, knew I don't know what I'm talking do it. about. I don't know what I'm talking about. You know. I like it. So I pulled a jean. And I don't know why I say I pulled a jean because I feel like you do this. But the last few ones, jean has come prepared. And I quickly looked up the definition. And it says public support for or recommendation of a particular cause or policy. Um, or the profession or work of a legal advocate. Um, so I think in this scenario, you're talking about like a professional policy. But if you look up self-advocacy, look if, if you look up that definition, then it's completely different, like looking into your own interests. The action of representing oneself or one's views or interest. Yeah. So standing up and saying this is my line or this is important to me. Not Mm -hmm. being afraid to ask for what you actually need. Or someone else. I think it's really important, especially right now. Well, I think it's always been important. Um, When you see something happening to someone at work or when you hear about someone and you know someone is uncomfortable or maybe not being treated fairly, I feel like everyone should feel comfortable enough speaking up and advocating for them. So Fairway had this, can I say Fairway? Can I say where I work? I don't care. So Fairway had this HR training that we were all required to do. And it was amazing. It was so good. I wanted to steal it and take it and take it to all of like the... Uh, other organizations that I'm involved in and they had this huge one on sexual harassment and it was talking about how maybe you're not being sexually harassed but someone is in the workplace and here are ways that you can advocate for them Mm. and stand up for them and first go to that person and ask them I saw this happening are you okay do you need me and then that right there is that connection, knowing, okay, maybe I'm not alone. I'm not crazy and thinking that was wrong or uncomfortable, knowing someone else is, is watching it and seeing it too. And then asking, can I talk to someone about this? Can I report it? What can I do to support you in this? And I think that part of ad- advocacy for someone else in the workplace or just anywhere is so vital to having a safe workspace and i think that you nailed it with the safe workspace because mm-hmm. as somebody who i'm sorry karen is in management <laughs> you don't have to apologize to me about being a manager you would only have to apologize to me if you made me be a manager <laughs> i don't wanna uh, but you know referring back to something i said in the interview episode is I feel my number one role and responsibility as a manager is to advocate for my people. Mm -hmm. And I think 
the really important part of advocating and speaking up and saying something and feeling like you have the space to say, hey, this I saw this, this happened, and I need to let somebody know, hey, I need this, and you told me, ask for what I need. Mm-hmm. You have to create the safe space. And you don't do that just with words. Like, I can tell you, you can come to me with anything, but I haven't proven that that space with me is safe until you come to me and whatever it is that you bring, whatever it is that you ask for, I respond in a safe way. Mm-hmm. So I think it's huge with leadership in workspaces to create that culture where somebody does feel like they can advocate either for themselves or for somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. there's more to that too. So there's advocating when you see something wrong happening, but also advocating when more could happen. So even if nothing wrong is happening, or maybe even if people don't feel unsafe, maybe there's other ways where we can feel even more safe. Like, I don't know, this is a super silly example, but as as a loan officer, we work commission, and so we're working all of the time, and we don't have hours to clock in and off, and so sometimes we work through lunch, and there have been days where I don't eat all day just because I don't have to step away. I sometimes can't step away, um, and my management team knows that that's how we work and we function. And so they have snacks and they have everything in our in our office space to keep us healthy and to keep us energized and moving. And they have everything from like the crappy hostess <laughs> snacks. All I was the way. just going to ask, do yeah. they have Lady Gaga Oreos? <laughs> they have the junk food, but they also have the really healthy foods and they look at what everyone else eats and a lot of us have very particular diets i'm not the only one it's amazing (laughs) um and they buy snacks that are catered to each one individually so i know even if i'm a dummy and forget to bring snacks i know that i'm fed at work and i don't have to worry about it and that is just another like little teeny tiny layer of making my workspace feel safe and so the support aspect of it like down to what you eat yeah to what I eat and the coffee they feed me <laughs> inject in my veins. <laughs> Wait, are they hiring? <laughs> no. Just no. kidding. Um, I just was trying to think through in my head like what kind of self-advocating I've done and I have to say I think I haven't done much but I feel like I'm only coming into that now and I don't know if it's my age or if it's like this day and age but I'm wondering if like Jenna you work with kids and is there something about like like a naivete that we don't stand up for ourselves when we're younger because we there's something like telling us that we can't or that we just have to like you know, do what the man tells us or whatever. Like, I don't know if you, do you see kids in school, like standing up for themselves, talking about what they need? Sometimes. Yeah. You, that's actually a value you usually want to put in kids, like Mm -hmm. advocate for yourself. You know, no one's going to be your big cheerleader except for yourself right now. No one's really standing over your shoulder for the rest of your life. So learn how to do that now. Um, And yeah, I think even as an adult, sometimes when you're in a new space, you don't know what to advocate for. You don't know what is norm, what is not norm, like Mm -hmm. until you know better. And I think maybe at our age, Karen, we were actually starting to know better. And we're like, yeah, maybe, maybe we shouldn't let that just happen. Um, And it's kind of scary, especially if you haven't done a whole lot of it your whole life to advocate for yourself. But I do. I encourage my students to advocate for their own learning, to advocate for um, whatever they need, because I'm not going to notice that they need something until they let me know. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's how we all are, is that there's nobody 
I mean, as an adult, nobody is standing over my bed going, get out of bed, go work <laughs> out. <laughs> like, I'm going to have to go figure that on my own. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you or, find someone, will you send them to my house? I haven't found them yet. It sounds pretty <laughs> creepy, though. <laughs> I need to create Depends on who it is. I mean, there's somebody in my house that does that, but I just punch him and tell him to leave me alone. <laughs> don't tell me what to do yeah yeah and I think that's I think it's huge when you find out what you actually need and what seems fair there's a um there's a list I want to share with you guys I just remembered by Dr. Dr. Brown I want to say it's actually a list of workplace rights let's see if I can find it I don't know if I will but while you're looking that up Mm -hmm. um I have a good friend who is a public school teacher also and she works with um kids in an alternative school and our kids went to daycare together and we as we were talking about how we're gonna send our kids to kindergarten and where they're gonna go and after school stuff and all that mom stuff I just love yeah Um, I was talking to her about public school and private school and charter schools and all of the things. And she was like, Stephanie, we need moms like you who will go to the school and advocate for your kid. We need, we need parents like you who will go and volunteer in his classroom and go on field trips. And the reason why is because it might not make a big difference to your kid, but in advocating for your kid, you're also advocating for every other kid in his classroom. So by standing up for my rights or my my needs and the needs of my family, inadvertently I'm doing that to the f- needs of the family in my community too. And making that connection of, oh, of course, if I say I need this, how many other people are behind me saying I need the same thing? Sure. I want that too. Yeah, and that's super important. Yeah, huge. And to the point of how you said, Jenna, you will tell your kids, like, if you don't tell me you need something, then I don't know to provide that or see what I can do. That's what mm-hmm. I tell the new hires. At, uh, at my job with dispatch, I tell them, I am your number two advocate. And they all kind of give me a weird look and I'm like, because you're your number one advocate. Mm. You have to pay attention to how you're feeling in this process. It's a stressful job. And the training process is far more stressful than the actual job itself. And so you have to pay attention to the stress that you feel. The you know Know what your stress triggers are start to pay attention to what you look like in stress because I'm not going to know that I can guess at those things, but unless you will pay attention and say something and advocate for yourself, I can't stand in that gap for you and help you with what you need. You mean you're not a mind reader? No, I want to mind control. Oh, mind read. oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> See, I'd be a great comedian with my, with my callbacks. Yes, so good. Oh, yeah. Man, I wish I had uh, bosses like that <laughs> ever. I don't know. I don't think I've ever had like important jobs or like stressful jobs where I needed to advocate I don't know I I just I'm like I don't know I can only think of one job that I do not feel was it was a very very unhealthy work environment and that was the job that I had at during the time period when both of my children were born and like my daughter was born on a Wednesday and I was back at work on Saturday and you know that sort of thing I would have straight sent you home. Yeah. Yeah. Come back. But I didn't know. I didn't know that I could stand up for myself. I didn't know that I should advocate for Mm -hmm. myself. I didn't know that that wasn't okay. Like I was 28 years old and I didn't know that that wasn't okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think Jenna's right. Like we do need to teach our kids. Like my daughter used to never want to talk, you know, to people in restaurants or whatever. And I'd be like, if you want ketchup, you got to ask for ketchup, bro. 
because I'm not doing it for you. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I don't care if you're four and you can barely say ketchup, but if that's what you want, you have to do it. Yeah. Well, and it's important to start small mm-hmm. with something like mm-hmm. that where ultimately is it really that important whether or not you get the ketchup? No, but the moment of learning to ask for what you need, uh, you don't, there's no value to place on that. Yeah. Yeah. When you know that you have a voice. Even if it's a tiny four-year-old voice <laughs> asking for ketchup. Can I get that, please? <laughs> She's a little lisp, so <laughs> she... <laughs> that would have been real cute. Quinn does that with going potty. She'll, like, wait until the last minute, and then she'll scream, I gotta go potty, and we're always like, slow down, check in with yourself, and see what you need. If you need to go potty... You could ask to go potty. We'll stop. We'll do whatever. And whenever our kids ask for something like that, we will always stop. We won't give them everything because a want is different than a need. But yeah. <laughs> needing to go to the bathroom is kind that's a big of one. important. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. And we she's had accidents because she didn't ask. And we have to pull her aside and say, make sure you ask. I also forget to go until the very last second sometimes. <laughs> <I know. laughs> or I'm like, oh, God, I got to go right now. Get out of my way. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, props to Quinn for even yeah. thinking about it. Sorry. Did you find your list? No, but I, I'm going to find it. This She's shaking her head at me because yeah. I'm talking about pee stories. I'm not sure. Sh- <laughs> now you're getting the Jenna teacher glare. <laughs> oh, very teacher. Sorry. <laughs> I'll turn it off. <laughs> this is what happens when we record after school. She's still I, a I little was... bit in Jenna teacher mode. You and guys. now her face is red. Oh, don't cry. It's okay. No, I'm not. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I'm not crying. <laughs> I'm just like, stop it. <laughs> like when you can't turn off a mode, that's just where I feel right now. Today is like today was one of those days where I was on my I was I earned my money today I earned my keep but it's such a good list and I'm going to find it so yeah keep keep talking I mean okay. we we keep talking about advocacy in general that I don't know if I've ever had a boss that I've trusted enough to advocate for myself does that make I mean yeah. I had I I've been I've been told a million times like oh just tell us what you need. I don't, I don't believe you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. like mm-hmm. there's, there's times when, um, when I feel like I'm not allowed to need things. Mm-hmm. Like I have my own queendom. I have my own classroom. If I need something, figure it out, figure it out. And so I don't have to honestly say that there's in, in my neck of the woods and as being a teacher at a new school who doesn't have, Who's contract to contract? I don't, I don't always know what to advocate for, and I've advocated for other teachers because I've seen I've seen teachers get. I just elementary teachers are the most amazing humans on the planet. Amen, sister. Mm-hmm. And the hard, like how hard they work. I'm just I was just at an at in awe the last couple of years working at elementary teachers. I'm like how do you do this? How do you hang out with small people? And <laughs> when they're picking their nose oh, and they're farting all over Not them. even just that part, but like the fact that they're there at 6 a.m. and gone at 6 p.m. And it's just like they, like they live and breathe and there's like this martyrdom to being a teacher too. Like you have to be a peacock. Mm. I don't know. And so like it's just not part of the culture to advocate for yourself. Yeah, that's all I got to say. Yeah. That's all I got to say is that we just Yeah, don't, no, just I don't. mean, that's that's where the whole, like, having good management, having people above you and around you that you can trust, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that makes it, it just, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> it changes exponentially the, you know, yeah. amount of power you have when you yeah. have people around you that you really can trust and that really will listen because you can advocate for yourself you can advocate for yourself enough to get you fired yeah you Mm -hmm. know and that's where it's like I think in that job I had where you know I had a baby and three days later I was back at work I didn't I didn't think I could speak up because I needed that job 
and they didn't have a policy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they didn't have a, a family leave or a, a maternity leave policy at all because it was previously all men that worked there. So it wasn't a thing that they needed to worry about. So have you guys ever been able, like, what is one example of when you advocated for yourself? Never? I'm trying to think. I have one. Go. That's why I asked the question. Do it. So I um, was dealing with PTSD pretty bad, and I it was affecting my family life. It was affecting my work life. And I was seeing a counselor and she was helping me. And she goes, Steph, how do you feel about coming and seeing me once, once a week? And I was like, first of all, I'm going to be one of those people that has to see a counselor once a week. What does that mean about me? Which by the way, if that's you, that's totally normal. We should all go see a counselor once a week. We would all be happier. Hmm. Um, but I'm, was trying to fit it into my schedule, into my work. And I didn't even think twice about coming to my boss and saying, hey, on these days, every single week, I'm going to come in an hour late because I have therapy. And I feel really lucky to where every single job that I've had, I've been able to say things like that and say, this is important to me and this is this is my health, my mental health. So I'm going to do this and that means I might have to work an hour late that day. What do you think? And instead of saying, can I do this? I feel so lucky that I was able to say, I need to do this. What do you think? And I did it and going once a week for a few months made the biggest difference in my life even today and I yeah I I'm so glad I was able to do that and I hope you guys get that opportunity (laughs) no I love that and I think that's brilliant to just say like this is what I'm going to do what do you think about that (laughs) (laughs) instead of like mother may I you know like because then you have if you say can I or may I you have opened up the door for them to say no right Whereas if you say, what do you think about that? It's more of a conversation instead of a yes or a no. Yeah. And it worked amazingly. That's awesome. Yeah. It's not quite exactly in the vein of advocacy, but one of the things that I learned in my job, so when my boss, my current boss, became my boss and made that transition just didn't know her and none of the previous managers really gave me any reason to believe she would be any different Mm -hmm. (laughs) but one of the things that I learned as we built a relationship and as I really learned what it was like to work with her was how safe it was to have ideas and to start working on them and so initially I would say hey I have this idea. Can I work on it? You know, it immediately went into that position of asking permission. And then I transitioned into, hey, I have this idea and I was going to start working on it. What do you think? And then it was, hey, I had this idea. I did it. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> you awesome. Know? And uh, knowing each other well enough, like I knew what my parameters were. I understood what was and wasn't okay. I knew what the boundaries were Mm -hmm. because she had always been so clear about them. And ultimately it was, if it contributes to confident, competent dispatchers, then go for it. And so I was able to advocate for ideas. That's the opposite of micromanaging. Yeah. Which some people in this room hate so much. That's me. I should say all of us. We all hate that. (laughs) Probably all of us. Yeah. Yeah. We had a big, long Marco Polo conversation (laughs) today about the difference between like, I don't hate managers. I hate being micromanaged. Mm -hmm. I don't hate the con. Like, I understand the structure of needing, you know, hierarchy in big business. I don't like when people don't trust me to just do my job. I like, yeah. if I'm going to, you want me to get this thing accomplished, give me the time and the tools to do it. 
and get and out of my way. Get the fuck out of my way. <laughs> like I will get it done. <laughs> but if you sit and you hover over my shoulder and you tell me exactly like exactly what to do, same job, same job as the matern the no maternity leave job. Part of my job was to like prep the conference room for meetings. And I was supposed to put out like a variety of sodas so everybody that was coming to the meeting could have their choice of their favorite soda. I understand what that means. That's not difficult. <laughs> but I would get like, make sure you put like, make sure you put the sun-kissed orange because so-and-so likes those. And make sure you put Pepsi because this person likes those. Like, I fucking know. <laughs> I I get it. I get what variety means. I'm also very happy as the people are arriving to like take their goddamn order and just be like, what can I get you to drink? We have these choices and I'll get you one out of the damn fridge if it's not sitting on the table. I'm perfectly capable of taking care of somebody's soda order at a meeting. Yeah. But like to sit there and literally make a list for me of exactly which sodas and how many to put on the table. Wait, you can fuck right off with that. Why didn't you stay there? <laughs> I know. It sounds so great. It sounds like a dreamboat. Maybe this is maybe this is why I've only been self-employed since then. <laughs> I have. Uh, I've always said, as somebody in leadership, that uh, I I will never micromanage because. If I'm doing my job and yours, one of us isn't needed. Right, like one yeah. of us isn't necessary. So I don't want your job. I want my job. So right. you do you. Well, mm -hmm. and that was the and thing. And I'll get out of your yeah. way. Like, why do you even have me here? If you're mm -hmm. going to do it anyway, why, why am I here? Why don't I just go home? Because you're doing it anyway. Mm -hmm. So you're wasting your money and I'm wasting my time when you're just doing it for me. Yeah. Like, tell me what needs to be done and trust me to do it. Yeah. And yeah, may I make a mistake sometimes? Of course. But like, gently, you know, critique that and help me, you know, if there's something that I'm consistently doing wrong, sure, help me figure out a better way to do it. But if you haven't even seen me do it yet, and you're just doing it for me, yeah. like, that's not I'm not that's not I don't like that. Yeah, I don't, that's I don't. bullshit. Yeah, that yeah. is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Someone breathing over your neck, just Seriously. making sure you you dotted oh like God. all the eyes just right. I've done some volunteer work for people, and just to have someone over your shoulder like that, you're like, why are you still here? Mm -hmm. You said I'm going to do this thing. Why can't I do the thing? Yeah. It's just it's just, some people just are hard to work for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I found it. It's called the Personal Bill of Rights. Oh, okay. Yeah, by yeah. Dr. Bourne. And it's it was one of those things that I actually was on a PLC where it was adapted to teachers. Hmm. And it was like, oh, you know, like, because so many times you don't really feel like you have a bill of rights. You The students actually usually have more rights than you do. The parents have more rights than you do. Hmm. Um the custodian i mean whatever i'll just go on um but like the it's like 27 things about like i have the right so i have the right to ask for what i want is number one mm -hmm. wow i have the right to say no to requests or demands i can't meet uh number three i have the right to change my mind i have the right to make mistakes and not to and not be perfect. Not have to be perfect. <laughs> and I'm not <laughs> perfectly. I have the right to follow my own values and standards. I have the right to express all of my feelings, both positive and negative, in a manner that will not harm others. I have the right to say no to anything that I feel I'm not ready. Um, it is unsafe or it violates my values. I have the right to determine my own priorities. I have the right to not be responsible for others' behaviors, actions, feelings, or problems. I have the right to expect honesty from others. I have the right to feel angry at someone I love and express this in a responsible manner. I have the right to be uniquely myself. I have the right to feel scared and say I'm afraid. I have the right to say I don't know. I have the right to make decisions based on my feelings, beliefs, and values. I have the right to my own reality. I have the right to my own needs for personal space and time. I have the right to be playful and frivolous. I have the right to be healthy. I have the right to be in a non-abusive environment. I have the right to make friends and be comfortable around people. 
I have the right to change and grow. I have the right to have my needs and wants respected by others. I have the right to be treated with dignity and respect. And then finally, last three. I have right. I have the right to grieve. I have the right to um, to a fulfilling sex life. I have the right to be happy. Wow. Good job, Doctor Born. Yeah. We should definitely post that. Yeah. Have that somewhere for people. Okay. I'll send it on. But it's one, I mean, it can adapt, you can adapt it to your own profession, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the right to have coworkers that are friends. You know, you have the right to be able to express negative and positive feelings to your coworkers. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so there's, there's a lot of adaptations you could make it yeah. for even your workplace. Yeah. I will talk to my boss about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. But, I mean, think about, you know, I, we're kids of the 80s. I don't think we... So, technically, you are in management. You are. I do what I want. <laughs> uh, I'm the boss of me. <laughs> so good. Okay, what were you... What about Sorry. being kids of the 80s? No, that was worth it. Because I don't think we were even told. We had the right to shut up and listen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. And your boss was always right. Yeah. My parents had the right to take me out of this world because yeah. they put me in it. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? Oh, man. So true. The amount of times I have heard that in my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. I tried to jokingly say that to my children the other day, and I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even. I don't know how our parents did that. Yeah, and technically they don't. They would go to jail. <laughs> yeah, like I actually can't do that. And my kid, I think that's why I was laughing so hard because my kids know that. Like they're old enough that they 100% know the consequences. So they're like, oh, oh, really, mom? Okay. <laughs> Is there anything else we want to talk about with it? I don't know. I Yeah, I think to me, the thing I am taking from it the most is like, A, it's okay to speak up for myself. And B, mm-hmm. in regard to just advocating for other people, sometimes advocating for myself is advocating for other people. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And then... Yeah. No, I actually, that's one of my biggest arguments for public education Mm -hmm. and that why we shouldn't have all of these split little charters everywhere is because if a school is not good enough for the poorest kid who lives down the street, then um, I'm the one who needs to stay and help make it be better. Um, So that means my, our family motto is if the school is good enough for the poorest kid in the neighborhood, it's good, it's good enough, enough for my kid. Mm-hmm. Because um, when you leave as like an, an educated middle class person, you know, you actually take more out of the school than you know. Mm-hmm. Did you have, you got a little excited about advocacy in terms of other people, but we didn't talk about that a ton. Do you have? I think we did though. Did like I think we talked about it enough. Okay. We didn't really. We didn't really talk about that though. I, I think. I know. I have more to say. Oh, What's we'll new? keep talking then. God. I've, I feel like I have advocated for other people better than I advocate for myself. Hmm. Like a hundred percent. And like I said, when I was working with the with elementary educators, I was like, oh heck no, you were not going to treat these teachers like this because I came from a pretty affluent uh, public school where I didn't have a whole lot of duties. I didn't have a whole lot of extra work on top of things. And I saw these teachers just literally working from bell to bell, like not a potty break in sight, you know, eating their lunch with their students, like just way too much time with the kiddos. And I just could not believe, and it's because I knew better, you know, like doesn't mean they knew better, but I knew better. Mm -hmm. And so when you know better for someone else, I think you have an absolute obligation to speak up for them. I think so. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to segue this. <laughs> how the hell do I segue? Slow, what, what do I you want to say? Sorry. What do you want to say? creepy Sorry. look. <laughs> so, <laughs> so in my I love, like what I love or whatever, um, I talked about how Fairway has the diversity and inclusive um, team and it is um, ran from people who are from the top all the way down um, to like loan officers and processors, which are like the workers on the street, right? And they are finding ways to advocate for us that I did not even know 
was an issue. Um, or I didn't, in my privileged world, I didn't even think it was an issue, but for a lot of people it is. And now it's opened my eyes enough to where I can bring those resources and I can bring what Fairway is doing to my other networking groups and other organizations I'm involved in. And I can speak up for other people because of what I'm learning here and how people are advocating here. And so I don't think it's just from within the company, what you're doing within your company or within your job or with who you're working through, it could reach to the right person who's going to take that and continue it kind of like a butterfly flapping its wings or a ripple in the ocean. Like you don't know how far your advocacy is going to go. And all of the resources that Fairway has given me, I have full on copied, like copied and pasted <laughs> it and then sent it to other organizations on that their diversity and inclusion teams that I'm on. Um, and we are fully using all of Fairway's stuff. It's awesome. Yeah. And to see and have conversations with people outside of my company about the same things and hearing how they're how they're taking that information into the, their workplaces and not just our networking group is exciting. And I think, yeah. I think this is actually a callback to the first or second episode of this podcast where I can't remember if it was you or Jean, but I think it was you, Jenna, who talked about, and you referenced, you referenced it, you know, how when you switched to a new school, like you knew better. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that has stuck with me all along, and I remember texting my boss immediately after listening to it, um, it was a reference to uh, how do we use our privilege to help others? How do we use our privilege to advocate for others? Mm -hmm. And I know that doesn't just stay within the workplace, but the place where it's easiest for me at this moment to advocate and use the privilege that I have to stand in that gap and start asking for things that people need. Like, I think that is like the cornerstone of taking our privilege and using it because we have the platforms, we have the easy access to use our voices and advocate for others. Mm -hmm. So if that was you, thanks for changing my life. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> wow. And if it was I you, Jean, <laughs> thanks for changing my life. I don't know which one of us did that. <laughs> I mean, honestly, though, that that's, I think that's what we're here for, is always bringing somebody up. Like, we should never leave a community worse mm -hmm. <laughs> than, worse than, than we found it, right? Yeah. Like it should always have the table should get longer and bigger and wider and fuller because mm -hmm. abundance is here now. Yeah. That just made my heart so warm. I know. <laughs> I it's like, hard oh to do. Gosh. She has no soul, remember? <laughs> yeah. It's it's a little bit cold and dead. <laughs> cold and dead. <laughs> she's controlling my mind. That's how she's doing it. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. She's actually been here for a week, but she made you not think she is here for a week. Mm. If I start making really awkward, unbroken eye contact, just know I'm controlling your mind. <laughs> I'm not looking. I'm not looking. <laughs> If you could create your own nonprofit to advocate for others, what would it be? Oh, hot damn. That's a good one. That's a good one. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Jeans would be Africa. Babies, <laughs> babies in Africa. <laughs> Jean, we answered for you. <laughs> There's a lot of advocacy stuff that's already out that I think I would have a heart for. Like when. When foster kids age out. There's one locally. Mm-hmm. I love them. Gym that, friends. Yes. That's one thing that I'm like, that breaks my heart. Mm -hmm. When they leave the system, they have nothing. You can mentor them on anything. You want to go teach them how to do a, make a lasagna? You can go teach them so that they have that skill when they're... I like that that was your example. I said it too. I was like, <laughs> who knows how to make how a lasagna? I actually, I actually that's like, like really one of the things I yeah. love to make. Me too. I love yeah. lasagna. Yeah. Can I have two answers? Of course. You know I don't follow rules. No. <laughs> yep. Um, uh, so I have a heart for animal rescues. 
So one of my actual like life goals, not to pivot the conversation away from (laughs) 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 keep it together. <laughs> I mean, that's a real. Naki, I'm going to open the door. You can leave now. <laughs> I'm brave. No! My pod shed. She stays. Okay, sorry. I just saw an opening. Um. <laughs> hey, pivot and unprecedented yes. is worse than the word moist. Don't ever mm. say that word again. Pivot? Mm-mm. Moist. (laughs) (laughs) How do you feel about juicy? I don't care about juicy. What about succulent? Fine. I got nothing else. Those are just words I've actually heard people say. I hate that word. I have a weird word I don't like. It's transition. I don't like the word transition. It's the same thing as pivot. Oh, it (laughs) kind of is. It is. Kinda is. <laughs> Transition is your pivot. Fuck. <laughs> okay, sorry. Kay. Tell us about your nonprofit. Yes. Please. Both of them. <laughs> <laughs> so it would be to it is a life goal to open my own animal rescue, just to um advocate on behalf of a creature who literally cannot speak and advocate for itself. But something that would Uh, Also be really like special to me would be advocacy for people who were brought up under religious trauma, who are trying to get out of, step out of that world long enough to decide what they want to believe or not believe for themselves and help them make that adjustment. I'll be your first client. I'm my own first client. <laughs> That's what my therapy's all about. <laughs> I tried really hard not to use the word transition just then. Oh, so. no, you're allowed to oh, use I whatever see. word you You'll want. You'll protect her ears, but not mine. <laughs> Pivot. <laughs> That's what happens when you tell people what you hate in this room. They use it all the time. They use it against you. Mm, you guys are sisters. No. <laughs> <laughs> I have one, and I just thought of this. I would have a mom hotline where a whole bunch of moms were on on the other line for the LGBTQ community who was kicked out of their home and just wants a hug from a mom or, like, someone that says, guess what? I got this promotion at work or I and now I'm in a stable relationship with someone I love and I could be like a mom being like good job I am really proud of you I think you're doing a fantastic job you keep going see now I, w- I will be your first <laughs> look at that do you know about free mom hugs yeah I do yeah. that's what made me think of it okay. because I mean you need more than just a mom hug you sure. need those words yeah no for sure yeah I can't think of one that doesn't already exist. I didn't. I didn't no, think of one that didn't exist. Own. I know. Do whatever you I'm want. I'm sure what I said exists. Obviously, rescues are all <laughs> over, and then yeah. people rescues too. I really like that. I like both of your rescue peopling people rescuing. Mm-hmm. The only thing I can think of is some sort of like my big soapbox is because of where my husband works. I am very well versed in like prison stuff and I am a huge advocate for prison reform so I that's like my soapbox all the time is like oh we just need to reform stuff we need to change it we need to be like Norway <laughs> like yeah I don't know something in the lines of maybe it's even the same like people rescue like some sort of program for bringing together prisoners and like families Mm -hmm. like maybe they maybe if there's someone in prison that doesn't have stability on the outside it brings them together with someone not just like a mom but like an entire family like brothers and sisters and parents that will be there like while they're in prison to stay in touch with and then when they get out like to just be a landing place for them Mm mm-hmm 
that's more stable and maybe outside of the community that they were in before because that's one of the hardest things is like if they were in a place where they weren't in a healthy you know position and that's what got them where they are like going straight back to that is often what leads to them cycling back through the system so yeah maybe i like that absolutely I think it'd make a huge difference. Yeah. I was listening to a TED talk about head trauma and how 80% of people like women and men have head trauma in prison mm-hmm. because what that does obviously is impair your cognitive, cognitive abilities. And so sometimes they just don't have the organizational school uh, tools. Good night. And um, to like make it to their next court date or show up for their parole officer. Like they just don't have the tools and so it ends up being a life sentence like 30 days at a time because they can't keep everything straight because they have a head injury and no one's really mm-hmm. helped them work through. Yeah. There you go. I guess I'm helping you with it. Thank you. <laughs> You're on my board. <laughs> <laughs> I would support all of our nonprofits. Cool. Well, let's start them up. Did you Got any guys? investors out there that want to help fund these things? I can ask. I'll That's ask true. around. Stephanie has no problem asking people for money. Yep. Give me a a mission statement and a vision. Nope. I'm and I'm an out. action plan and I'll I do it. I would totally be on the call for some celebrating some kiddos like I graduated. Oh hell yeah. Yes. And I would totally hype them up. I'd yeah. be like light them up. I know. Send them all the gifts. Ugh. We would have so many volunteers. It'd be so much fun. Thank you, Naki, for being here. Thanks yeah. for having me. How fun. So awesome. So awesome. Well, you'll be able to find um, us on workingfolkpodcast.com and on the gram and on the Facebook. Sometimes. Sometimes. Hit or miss. Hit or miss. And you'll be able to find Naki on Filtered Through Fiction. That's it. Dot com. Dot com as well. Thank you. Gram. Yeah. Thanks for being with us. Yeah. Thank you. I'm never leaving. Yes. You're stuck. Achievement unlocked. (laughs) What are we going to do about Jean? She's going to be so sad. Come, there's another chair right there. I know. That's true. I guess someone just gets to sit and listen. "Mm." Are you kidding me? That's true. We only have four mics, but she can. Jean and I could share a chair, and you know she'd be happy. Uh, uh, That's true. We can oh share headphones. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. You should be like, oh, you guys have the couch. They'd be like all over each other, like puppies on the couch. Uh, I love it. All right, you guys, say goodbye. Bye, and thank you. Bye. Bye. Adios. <laughs>